Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Aaron, if you talk positive about this movie, I'm going to figure out a way to punch you in the dick through the camera. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dyser, and this week I'm joined by fellow Baffle Gabbers, Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Ian Whittington. Hello. We write for Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universe as well. You just put, you just put a little stink on that every just single little, time. A little funk. A little yeah, funk on the end yeah, of it. Yeah, it's uh-huh. really, really nice. Uh, how are you guys doing? How's the new Good. year treating you? How's, like, you know, life in 2022? Good. We've already had two snowstorms, which oh, we don't nice. usually get. Nice. We usually don't get more nice. than one. So yeah. it's been fun. Yeah. Yes. Uh, officially, it has gone from where we're at in the 70s to less than a week later, you know, snow and ice on the ground, which, you know, that is what it's like living in misery. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to pronounce it that way. Oh, wait, did, I mis- did I mispronounce the state I live in? It's definitely a choice. (laughs) (laughs) It's a choice. Uh, Well, whatever the weather is where you are at, we are glad that you have chosen to uh, pop us in your ear holes today. Uh, We are excited to talk Uh. about all the stuff that's going on (laughs) in the Sinsverse. We'll go ahead and get into it with the Sinside Scoop. What's he building in there? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sinning them, how we felt about the stuff we are sinning. Uh, we'll kick it off in commercial world. Jonathan wrote on the Tooth Tunes commercial, uh, I think called Up Down. I did not know this was a thing. I have no idea how this escaped my attention. You totally missed this? I, I mean... You have children. I And I would have had children in 2007, which is when I when I think this was... Uh, got, that would have been like 8, 6, 4, wow. and 2. Like, this is you can, perfect. You can still get them. I mean, they I still exist. I had one of these. I had wow. one. Wow. 
Wow. And I'm that's pretty amazing. sure it was the Black Eyed Peas one. I'm 90% sure that 17 year old me decided that that was something I wanted. This completely missed me. All I can think is that I was already. I need to compare this to when we got our first DVR because once we had DVR, I did not see commercials. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, so that's the only thing I can think is if the, if we had a TiVo or whatever the you know the first DVR we ever had, you know, maybe with Directv, a built-in box or something around then that that might be the only explanation as to how we missed this. But this was totally new to me. Um, Jonathan, you, you were the one that wrote on it. So talk a little bit about, you know, your experience with this no, and all I had that to, stuff. Yeah. I had to look it up and stuff to find out what year it was and stuff. I had no idea. I, did, I didn't know anything about this. I didn't have a kid in 2007. I'm assuming these commercials, if they had them were on like, you know, Nickelodeon stuff like that. That's probably was I was, yeah. that was stuff I wasn't watching on the regular because I was an adult, didn't have kids. So, uh, yeah, no, this totally missed me. Uh, it seemed like an awful product, but, uh, I guess technically it's still around. So I guess somebody's buying them. Um, yeah, but I don't know. It just, it just, I was just imagining if my daughter had this and that's where all that came from with like the, you know, the, however many minutes a day that like the parent would be in hell and then, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they would wish to wish all their kids had cavities and probably that they had used protection in the first place. <laughs> that that's all that. It was, yeah. My note for that was just like, Jesus, Jonathan. <laughs> and then just like the kiss, like I just out of all the bands and not that, I mean, people know who kiss is like, it's not like kiss isn't known. Even kids probably at least at that time might've known who kiss was, but I just mm-hmm. thought that was, that was such a weird one to like target the advertising around. So yeah. Uh, and I got to talk about my favorite Kiss song, Lonely is the Hunter, so that was fun. Uh, nice. I imagined it being sung by uh, chimps, but, you know, that's that's okay. That'd be interesting. So. Mm-hmm. No, this was fun to write on. Uh, Ian, why don't you go next? I, am I the only one that thinks this product makes perfect sense? Yeah, probably. I'd never heard of it, so I still have to consider it a little more. While you're talking, I'll think about how much sense <laughs> it makes, but go ahead. Science. <laughs> yeah, it might be... I mean, kids are irritating, full stop. So I guess you you must build up like a base level of immunity to them being obnoxious. So, but one of the one of the things that this saves you from doing is telling them how long to brush their teeth for. So I was like, yeah. no, don't, don't just flick it around and then discard it. Stop. Um, <laughs> they do it for two minutes so that you get the full amount of brushing, and then they look forward to brushing their teeth because kids are dumb. Like <laughs> it doesn't take much to keep them entertained. So for me, this was. A genius product, and it worked on me. And I was like, "Well, I don't even have kids. I'm just going to use this on my teenage self because it makes sense." Um, you mentioned the sin that I loved. Um, uh, the yeah, parents wishing they'd use contraception, and just the, the Hillary Duff and Black Eyed Peas got the clap after this. We're not saying it's because of Kiss, but we're not not saying that as well. That was amazing. Uh, I don't know if I think it much makes much sense or not. I think as a parent, I would have thought it it's going to be cheap. It's going to stop working. It's not going to sound right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you know, like um, I, I don't know that I was having much trouble. You know, getting my kids to brush their teeth for a certain amount of time. Lucky uh, you. I was no. Let me finish my sentence. <laughs> I was having trouble getting them to brush their teeth at all. So that as- <laughs> that aspect of it is appealing to me. If I thought that would work, and they'd be like. Oh, I want to hear that Black Eyed Peas song for the hundredth time in a row. Let me <laughs> put that in my work. mouth. 
you know, you might be right. You might be right, Ian. Uh, maybe, maybe my kids will have teeth falling out here in the next few years. And if only I had bought them tooth tunes, mm-hmm. uh, everything if might be only. different. If only. You still can. It's not too late. You order those babies <laughs> off Amazon. That's right. That's right. Uh, as far as the video goes, you guys mentioned uh, the ones I loved except for Tooth Tunes is the only brush that sends music through your teeth. Science. Uh, <laughs> any, ending anything with like the science being the exclamation point is, is always fun for me. Uh, all right. Let's move into TV sins. Uh, we'll start with Doctor Who, the next Doctor. Ian and I writing on this one. Yes. Uh, Ian, this is this is your first uh, year being here around Christmas when we do our annual Doctor yes. Who Christmas special. So it's your first chance writing on Doctor Who. So I'll let you begin. How was that experience for you? That was amazing. Um, I I think like the second week that I started, I like messaged you and I was like, "You better put me on Doctor Who. I swear <laughs> I will leave if you don't let me sin Doctor. Who. We do this once a year, Dicer. You better let me sin this." And you're like, "Yeah, no, no, you, you're on it, but you have to put in as many deep cuts as possible." So yeah. I think that was my my favorite part was really because I would love to do more Doctor Who. I really, really, really would. Um, probably not classic Doctor Who because that's hard to watch normally, let alone mm-hmm. when you're sinning it, but. Um, it might be really fun to send some of that old stuff, though. A lot, oh, like really even would. a lot easier. Like you know, it could but be. It could be interesting. It's almost like too mean, isn't it? Because right. you 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 comment on like the sets being naff and whatever. Right. You have to find. You'd have to be clever about it, which I think we could be. Um, but yeah, this was a great opportunity to flex one of my nerddoms. Um, and yeah, just absolutely loved it. This isn't a good episode by any stretch (laughs) of the imagination the problem with the christmas specials is that they were kind of a gift from the bbc to whatever tv show is big at the time so there's no guarantee that there was going to be a christmas special and since doctor who's kind of declined a bit it's been shunted to new year's day so we don't Mm -hmm. really get a christmas special from them anymore but this one they're kind of throwaway episodes they rarely have anything to do with anything that's going on they're just standalone adventures where they can, hey, let's be ridiculous and make a literal giant Cyberman that looks shoddy and doesn't make any sense to any bad guy in the world. But yeah, some of the some of the sins that I really liked, um, replacing the tenant, replacing a tenant with a Smith was Chef's case. I was like, <laughs> wait, that doesn't make. Yes, no, it does. That's <laughs> great. That was nice. That was really really cool. Uh, League of Extra Bored and Starry Gentlemen was beautiful the wordplay was very strong in this Mm -hmm. script i love that um but the favorite the two favorite things i managed to stick in there was sinning trial of a time lord even though it's got nothing to do with this episode um and there was a lot of love love in the comments for that um it was like that sin was a long way a long way to go but it was worth it to sin trial of a time lord which is it's a notorious 12 hour long episode of Doctor Who that's mm-hmm. so bad it's so bad um and just the the info projector thing that the Daleks invented to project a ton of information and then instead of just showing random pictures of what the doctor looks like it should have been an infographic on how stairs work because <laughs> you just the Daleks are the most feared creatures in the universe and it took 50 years for them to master steps Mm-hmm. yeah i think that's gorgeous and i think the run of outtakes that we did on this was really fun as well yeah yeah lots of fun stuff i've i've been saying daleks wrong my entire life not that i've said it more than like 
three times my entire <laughs> life. Yeah. I've always said Daleks. Daleks? But what, yeah. what exactly are Daleks? So if we want to do this now, the Daleks. Sure, do you want you want to yep. try, you want to hear what I think they are, and then you can yes. correct like oh, my there's knowledge. Like multiple, oh no, correct. Go for there's it. There's like yeah. there's different ways to look at Ian them. Ian obviously knows exactly nope. what they are, but here's my interpretation based on just watching the you know the new series, and I've watched all the episodes uh-huh. of the new series. But it is it is uh, the Doctor's enemy race, basically. Like he's his it's his big bad. Um, mm-hmm. And it's basically, uh, I think they're creatures that have built this armor for themselves that is basically just uh, completely for war. Like, all they want to do is exterminate, kill. It's, like, built into them. But if so my aliens? Yeah, but my understanding is they're a race, an alien race, that has so built war around them that basically who they are is just kind of shriveled up inside this uh these machines is that close ian is that yeah you're you're most of the way there so okay. the original it's one of the earliest doctor who episodes and they uh, obviously come from a planet called scaro and there's two races that live on this planet the carleds and the thals and the thals are like really peace loving um the carleds basically nuke all of them but they make their own planet so inhabitable that they have to build these machines to live inside of um, and then so Carlid's backwards is Daleks because they're clever. And yeah, they just become this race of, um, they basically poisoned themselves. They can't survive any way other than inside the dustbins that they're now stuck in. And yeah, they've just shriveled up and just become so filled with hatred and evil that that's what they do. They just go around trying to kill everyone because their planet isn't livable. Mm. But yeah, you got most of the way there. Yep. They are sociopathic trash cans, uh, as we are. call them. Uh, in the script uh, I have a lot of fun sending uh, these Christmas specials um, I think it's a nice uh, fun tradition for us I'm not opposed to sending more Doctor Who uh, down the road um, but yeah these these days on TV sins man they finding the slots <laughs> to, yeah to, to send all the things that uh, would be really fun and good to send it, it becomes a little difficult uh, mm-hmm. so it's nice to have this tradition every year to at least get one Doctor Who uh, episode out yeah. uh, every year um, this is possibly the worst Christmas special. Am I wrong in like putting it at least in that conversation? Um, it's in it's, the conversation, yeah. And I think I think one of the reasons is it's a it's there's two things going on, and the one that the the show seems more interested in isn't the thing it ends with. Like it, it seems more interested in the fake doctor stuff. Um, yeah. And and it spends so much of the episode on, you know, what's going on with this, who's this fake doctor, that by the time we get to the, like, the battle at the end in the baddie, it's like, yeah, but we don't even know this baddie, really. Like, you know, there's not, there hasn't been enough, uh, you know, for us to really care. Uh, I mean, other than, you know, you don't, you don't want somebody to kill a bunch of people, but, um, but <laughs> like to understand it in any, you know, greater term than that is, is kind of handcuffed a little bit. Mm. Um, the, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention that, that I think we rightfully send is that fake doctor is kind of needs some, uh, like some care because he goes from like, he is all over the spectrum (laughs) in like what he wants to do. No, like he, he thinks he's the doctor and then he's like totally torn up by the reality of his world, you know, losing his wife or whatever. And then all of a sudden he's back to being like, you know, crazy, uh, you know, arrogant doctor guy. Like, it's just, it's so weird. I don't like, I get the first transition. It's the second transition that, that kind of makes no sense. Like, how did he get, you know, back to like, 
being so strong at the end. I thought it was um, weird after the zombies showed up and they started calling him governor. And uh... <laughs> yeah, that's a leap. Yeah, Carl. Yeah, yeah. Carl. Um, but I think part of the problem is we don't know who he was before. So maybe right. he is an eccentric person and he's reverting back Did to that. Did he ever come back? We just don't know. No. And, no, and that's the... So I was so excited for this episode when it first came out because this was the first time ever they'd been bold enough to show us a future Doctor until they didn't. Until they didn't, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I really hope you've done it. I hope you... This yeah. is... We are dealing with a future Doctor here, but... And Neil Morrissey's a big enough actor and a good enough actor for him to be a doctor. He looks like he could be, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't to be. And I think that's why it all comes through as hollow because it isn't. It was like six months of waiting for this episode to come out, and then it, it wasn't a doctor at all. Who yeah. who was the next one? Matt Smith. <clears throat> Matt Smith after this, yeah, yeah. But, but there's still like a whole other season of Tenant after this. There's this. There's another season with Catherine Tate, and then the, there's some specials where it took him literally a year to die um, mm-hmm. <laughs> of of human time. And it's yeah, yeah they're, that's they're some good stuff though. That's some really good stuff that last summer season. Yeah, there's, there's some yeah. good moments. What do you mean, Catherine um, Tate's or the specials? Uh, both. There's. I just. I just yeah. think the way they finished up Tenant's run was was pretty powerful. I, I thought don't it was pretty. Want to go. Yeah, yeah. It was it was Apart an early that. Spider-Man, right? It was an early, you know, it's kind of that feeling of, you know, like when Spider-Man gets dusted, uh Tenet kind of has some mm. of a similar feeling to his regeneration. We're going to so. disagree on that, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll save that. <laughs> we'll save that for a discussion later. I just uh, fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you did. Star Trek. Uh, the only other one I wanted to mention was the pedanticness of um, saying that this man needs a thank you and then saying bravo and just calling him out that bravo does not mean thank you. Um, right. So- do, you know, do you know specifically why that one irked me? And I've saved this uh-huh. because I, I may be channeling some anger at you accidentally, so I apologize. But no, go for in it. a script ages ago, somebody says brava to a man and I sinned the fact that, no, you should be saying bravo, because bravo. bravo is for a woman and bravo is for a man. Mm-hmm. But the sin got cut for being too pedantic. And I was like, no, that's what we do. How is that too pedantic? And then this shit comes up, and I'm like, dicey, you bastard. And I'm sure you're the one that cut it. I'm sure you are. I yeah, don't remember that. I wouldn't have cut that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't it have. May cut. not have been. It may have been Chris. I apologize. In which case, Chris, you were perfectly right. I was out of line, and we shouldn't. We shouldn't have done it. All right, uh, Jonathan, what about you? What are some of your thoughts on uh, Um, Doctor Who? I obviously don't have the Doctor Who knowledge that you two do. Um, I hated this. I had to to watch this to shadow, and I think it took me like three different settings to get through it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this was easily, (laughs) of the three or four Christmas specials that we've done, this was my least favorite episode. And the only other episodes I've seen, I think I've seen like the first three or four of the first season because I was trying to watch it at one point and I didn't hate it, but I just, I got sidetracked and other things started happening and then I kind of forgot about it. But uh, maybe I'll watch it at some point. Now it's so, there's so much though. I don't, I don't, it seems a little it's, The hill's uh, getting harder daunting. to climb. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't And it's stop. really hard for me not to want to go because like I'm just such a, I just like to start at the beginning and I know I feel like there's enough separation to where I can just start with this one, but I just no, you I don't can. Know. Yeah, and there's so. Th- Why is the so old versions incon- bad? Because I know I saw some of those as a kid, but I don't remember them that well. Is it just the cheapness of them? Yeah, so I'm being very defensive because I, I think they're good, and there are out of the seven thousand stories that are told, there are some 
excellent ones, especially in like the the middle run. Anything in the seventies is fantastic. Oh, so you but, do like some of the older stuff? Oh, I thought oh, I you were saying it. no. You, I prefer. I thought it. you were I saying far, you didn't. No, no, no. I far, far prefer it. But I'm just very aware that it's because I grew up with it, and coming at it now as a modern audience, it's difficult because the production quality is so low. Some of the acting is like really, really hammy and cheesy. It's like having so much of the original series to watch of Star Trek, but. It's worth watching if you're into sci-fi and you like the concept. It's it's absolutely yeah, the worth story, watching. The it. stories are there, right? Like the writing yeah, the is probably are strong, fantastic. which is yeah. which is why the episodes of the original series that you mentioned, the ones that hold up, that's why they mm-hmm. hold up. They really hold do. up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And all of the regeneration stories are great. Well, see, now you're making it seem like I have to watch the older version, so I'm definitely never doing this. That's too you're much. Absolutely, well, you absolutely and, don't. And, and, one, and one of the unfortunate things is there are many older episodes you can't watch because they're gone. Yeah, so it's it's a really interesting thing. I, I have watched some of the older ones. I think they're fine. I haven't watched them in a way that I usually watch, especially sci-fi television, which is to be a completist. Um, mm. And so, you know, there is there is that part of it, but I just I haven't gone. To, I think it's really interesting. Ian, maybe you can speak to this. I think it's really interesting that they decided to make Doctor Who 2005 its own quote unquote show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it has its own, you know, TVDB entry. Like it's its own Doctor Who 2005 is is its own thing. That might be the first like uh, like. I don't know if you like legacy reboot or whatever you want to call it, like what they're doing with a ton of shows now or like CSI's back. And you know what I'm saying? Like it kind of feels like... But it continues like, the continuity from the yeah, previous show. Even though we're back to season one. Yeah. It's it's still... It's it's continuing from where it stopped it's in, just an, it's an 1997. Uh, yeah. I don't know that it's a bad huh. decision. I, in fact, I think it may... I, I think one of the reasons Doctor Who has had its renaissance is because they made that decision. I think it's easier for yeah. people to grasp it as its own thing um but it really is i mean it's just a continuation of this same show like it's not it's, it's not star trek next generation it's not like a completely different you know cast because the doctor is the same character like so. it's true but in a lot of ways it, it is like tng because yeah. it's in the same timeline as much as doctor who can have a timeline right it's an entirely new cast the ship is still called the tardis it's still called the enterprise mm-hmm. so in a lot of ways it, it is the same they've just yeah reset it to season one i think it's I, i've got to imagine it's like not calling scream five scream five and just calling it scream <laughs> because if you called this i think it would be doctor who season 51 or something ridiculous right, like right, that yeah. so i think they had you either pick an arbitrary number like this is season nine because you're with mm-hmm. the ninth doctor or you just go back to one to make it simple Ooh, and I, think, I like that idea has anybody like reordered seasons by doctor like the idea like season one is the first doctor and then you just have you know I would love 100 that. episodes. That's a great way to look at it. I would love yeah, that. I would love it. I wish that. So they have released a good chunk of the back catalogue on Blu-ray now. Mm-hmm. And I wish they that's how they had done it. But they've released it by year that it came out instead. Yeah. Because that's what's always been done before. Yeah. All the adventures that came out in the TV season of 70 mm. to 71. That's on one Blu-ray. But I would much yeah. rather have all of Tom Baker, so on and so on. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, that conversation interrupted your uh, your Doctor Who thoughts. So continue no, no, on. you're fine. You guys mentioned a bunch of them. I had. Uh, I did like the narrator referring to entering through a window as crowning. I thought that was. A- <laughs> 
And uh, I, I loved the I loved the take on the vanity sin, vanity by proxy, and mm. uh, getting this excited to hear someone screaming your name outside of the bedroom. Yeah, was very funny. Yes. He was yeah. so happy that somebody was saying yeah. doctor. It was wild. That's me. Uh, was, That's me. He was very, very excited. He was. I love I, David Tennant. I do love David Tennant. I do too, he's, man. Right. Even in a bad episode, he's fun to watch. Yeah. Or a, a bad boss. movie, um, which I've seen plenty. What was in. the no, no, horror no. movie that he was in that was actually kind of good? Um, horror movie? I don't know. Yeah, he did. It, I think it was a reboot. I think. Oh, it, Fright Night. You're talking Fright about Night. Fright Night. Yeah. Yeah, I thought no, that Fright movie Night was, was actually fun. pretty good. Wasn't yeah. as good as the original, but it was fun. All right, let's move into some more Rick and Morty. Uh, trying to get uh, season two finished off. So we did episode seven, Big Trouble in Little Sanchez. This also a Dicer Whittington script. Ian and I writing on this one. Yeah. Uh, since Ian started last time, I'll start this time. Sitting Rick and Morty is fun for many reasons. One, it's a really fun show. So it's always fun to kind of go back and watch these old episodes. Two, the audience of Rick and Morty loves, seems to love what we do. And so anytime we put these out, like mm-hmm. the comment sections are really fun um, and, and really enjoyable. I had forgotten this episode, and I think this is one of my favorite episodes. I really love specifically the, um, the Beth and Jerry stuff in this episode, mm-hmm. the, the marriage counseling stuff. It's just so like real. And yet at the same time, so not real. Um, It's just, I don't know. There's something about the way this show manages to deal with like actual human uh, emotion and complications and complexity and do it in such a, uh, a careless way that is still funny, but still meaningful uh, sometimes. Um, Yeah. And it just reminded me, especially back in those first couple seasons, I do think they were more invested in like, actual character movement as opposed to it's just become more and more the meta show uh as it's continued on which i understand i totally get um but yeah i especially I really now do it like, has so much to self-reference like I'm, yes there's an episode yeah. where they've said hey remember pickle rick remember that remember yeah, that thing right it's yeah. kind of archery where they yeah. self-reference the phrasing as well yes. archery not with the arrows the the tv yes. show yeah <laughs> is rick and morty big in the uk um, it's, I mean, it's still cult. I think it's as big here as it is in America. It's still one of those, um, it's cult, isn't it? It has a cult following more than, or not. I suppose it's bigger uh, than that now. Say, yeah. Everything today seems like a cult following. Yeah. You can say like Yellow Jackets, which is really kind of buzzy right now. Uh, excuse the pun. I hate uh, that is, so much. <laughs> you, is, it's the perfect word, but we can't use it. it. Right, right. Is it bigger than the American office? And then, um, I would have to say yes because I was just we, kidding. I thought UK no, hated the American office. But, no, no, but that's yeah, that's the point yeah. I was about to make is that we have our office and it's two different. They're two different shows though, and I, I love them all. One of the things uh, I don't like about this is that the premise of the Beth Jerry stuff doesn't make sense. That this amazing marriage counseling place can't handle codependency. Like, like, you know, like that doesn't happen in other races. Like, you know, like that yeah. somehow Beth and or, uh, I almost said Rick, but Beth and Jerry are so messed up that even this place has never seen anything like this. Come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's there. It can't be both that 
typical a relationship and also that messed up that they would never have heard of it at the same time. So and that, to not that have a sign me. on the door saying, by the way, we can't handle codependency. <laughs> like it's, it's that common they should advertise that. Right. That's right. Um, uh, smearing your arm oil on your worm husband and then follow, <laughs> follow, following it up with, honestly, guys, have you ever tried to send this show? Like, you know, It's perfect. Because it's so true. It's just like, how do you send something like this sometimes? <laughs> you just have to observe it. Same what's um, on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one I want to mention was the one that kind of uh, plays on um, how authentic some of this stuff is. And the one that says no show has a right to be this funny and genuinely insightful at the same time. It's really not fair to other shows. And yes, that means I'm giving this show a sin because other shows can't match it. Uh, but don't look <laughs> at me that way. You knew which channel you clicked on, honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love I love That's throwing fun. a honey on the end there for whatever reason. Uh, made me <laughs> to feel be patronizing. Like, yes. It made me feel like this narrator has a, a next level of patronization. Uh, nice. What about you, Ian? Um, I really, I really like the run of Archer saying phrasing. I had like four in there to begin with. <laughs> so it'd pop up every now and again, it's like phrasing. But we narrowed it down to two, which is probably fair. Um, and the Michael Knight sin um is fantastic. And I had that down, yeah. Actually, having Rick narrate over a Night Rider video as if he was sinning it that was... doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't, yeah it's so fun it's so so good i wonder how many people um, are going to look for that night rider video now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have that it's in my so keeping good. tabs i have some other thoughts on that in my Type keeping tabs so, yeah. sins, night rider. why is it not coming up youtube your <laughs> search engine sucks um but yeah this episode is really great i for some reason i'm the same i don't remember it either this can i've seen every episode but this one escaped me for some reason even though it's saying some like profound stuff and yeah it has a b plot that feels like it's a plot and Mm -hmm. is it just the b plot because it isn't rick and morty yeah but it it, yeah it's actually stronger um the the rick and morty stuff did just feel like pickle rick with vampires and yeah tiny rick tiny rick tiny rick i mean i guess you'd have to say pickle rick is the adaptation of tiny rick since tiny rick came first but yeah Oh, did it? Oh, oh yeah. That's Pickle so Rick funny. Pickle Rick is season three, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's after that. Oh, yeah. that's really funny. It's great yeah. that a continuing joke found its legs so late in the series. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, and the I love the amount of love that doing the um, Rick and Morty opening credits, but over the Buffy intro yeah. in the, in so the outtakes perfectly. was so good. That worked so, so well. Um, yeah, that's that's all for me. Jonathan, what about you? So when I saw this was on the schedule this week, I was like, I don't remember doing this one. And that's because I didn't. I had nothing to do with it. I'd usually involved some way on the Rick and Mortys, but this was just you two. And I guess Chris was probably the uh, the shadow. That's usually how we do Rick and Morty because he's a big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I didn't remember anything about this other than I just remembered Little Rick. I remembered that, but I didn't remember the context of the vampire and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't remember any of the... <laughs> jerry and beth stuff which was really yeah. funny you guys have mentioned just about everything i did like the making me use the phrase in fairness to jerry i thought that was really <laughs> funny yeah and someone needs to tell me about the research that came up with the 41 <laughs> <laughs> percent. <That's nice>, uh. <laughs> i can i can put that in my keeping tabs did, too i didn't think did about putting Google that i like certainly how many did people mm-hmm. are having i certainly sex? did yeah i wow. absolutely mm-hmm. Google. wow how many people wow. uh, have anal sex? And, I, like, uh, I just yeah. like mm-hmm. the excuses when 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 his wife finds the internet search history. No, it was for <laughs> it was for work. It's the fact that that isn't that wasn't going to be his keeping tabs. It's like yeah. you know what? That's too mundane. Like that that's too much enough. like my Tuesdays. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just 
I it's just I googled it. That's I mean, there's not a lot of keeping tabs to it. I just know you that. got that. Yeah. So there you I go. I just I just didn't know if that was actual research or, or that was just it a was. made up number. It was. And uh I wish I had I now wish I hadn't asked the question. Yeah. No, it was a great it was a great video though. I enjoyed it. Um but Rick and Morty is fun to send. It really is. It really is. All right, let's head into Cinema Sins, uh, The Breakfast Club, uh, which we kind of did a little, we, we almost released. And then, so like our members, <laughs> like our members were like, hey, I've seen this. Where have I seen oh, this video that before? Was this one. The confusion. It was like a collective invented memory. But it was like, yeah. no, we've seen this. That makes yeah. more sense because I saw somebody says, hasn't this one already been done? And I, now I don't know if they were joking or if they were being serious. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I guess there are some people that patrons probably just watch it. Members probably just watch it on yeah. uh, the yeah. night yeah, before. Sure. They don't go back to YouTube and right. watch it all the time. So so uh, this was Cardoso Whittington. Uh, so this was Ian and Daniel writing on this one with oh, a little wow. bit of assist from Chris uh, yeah. reviewing. Um but uh, but yeah, Ian, tell us a, a little bit uh, about this one. How long ago was this? This is pretty early, uh, right? 2011, it feels like. <laughs> this. I think we wrote this in October. So this would have been one of the first scripts where I was doing this, doing it full time. Um, so I'd seen this film once in, actually in two, 2010 when I was at uni because... It was hyped up so much, and I just—it was just one that I decided to take up with weird, my with my housemate. I can't imagine watching this movie for the first time in 2010. It's so strange. So yeah, twenty-year-old me saw this for the first time and immediately forgot about it. I was like, it was too hyped up. It was too yeah yeah the, yeah. No, the, I get the it. phrase "Breakfast Club" was too much in the in the consciousness for it to be as good. So this time round, it held up a lot better, and I enjoyed it more. There's still I can appreciate how how 80s it is like it is the most 80s thing to ever 80s ever um but i got i got more out of it this time around for sure and it's saying some it's saying some stuff that very few movies at the time and probably even today are saying so yeah really really enjoyed it it's one that i remember the certain scripts that are burned into my mind because of how long i took on it like this one i really 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 wanted to get right so i must have watched it four times and spent like four days, four or five days actually writing the script and massaging all of it. But yeah, this was, I really enjoyed working with Daniel on this one because I got to see everything that he wrote as well. And as I've said before, the man writes poetry. Like the, mm -hmm. when he says about the screw that's missing from the door, as mm -hmm. I stand here staring at the rubble of civilization and is everything just missing a screw? It's so great. It's so, so, it's so abstract and such a, a new flavor for Sin's videos. The narrator prompt on that sin, as I was relooking through that, was that it was uh, like Jeffrey Wright in What If, like oh, that, it, yeah, like that, it, the, that was supposed to be the feel uh, for it. Yeah. Um, so That's yeah, amazing. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, oh, I love it. Um, one of my favorite things to do in a lot of scripts is look up words for things that um, happen that need a word. So nail biting, so obnoxious onychophagia. So I was like, it's just, it's nail biting. Why do we need a Latin term for that? But of course, mm -hmm. we do. And it's onychophagia. And I love it a lot. Um, <laughs> the lead in is your parents must have, yeah, you know, you're a parent's wet dream. Bender is talking to Brian. Like, either Bender doesn't understand parents or he doesn't understand wet dreams. <laughs> that one too. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it's great. Um, when uh, uh, Ali, is it Ali? It's Ali. Ali Sheedy. Yeah. Ali, yeah. Um, when she's making that 
bizarre sandwich and it's not the material it's not the <laughs> materials for the construction method that makes this sandwich sinful and it's great because it'd be easy to go after the crap that she puts in the sandwich but mm-hmm. yeah how she builds it is really bizarre the makeover is the biggest frustrating part of this movie for me yeah ali's makeover it happens right at the end it strips her of everything the only yeah no, there's nothing to like about it um it's terrible it's the worst part of the movie by far, yeah. By far, and it's it's aged so poorly, even though... Um, okay, yeah, there's a few bits. <laughs> there's a few lines. I just mean as far as, like, overall plot, like... Oh, it's a, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. that cliche of even the alternative goth kid, deep down they want to be a princess as well. And I was like, no, they fucking don't. <laughs> like, not everyone wants to be a princess by default. Um, yeah, that's really, 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 really frustrating. But Ian did. Ian wanted to be a princess. I still default. want to be a princess, yeah. but that's just because I want the horse. Um, but mm. yeah, really, 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 really enjoyed um, doing this video, and I love, love, love writing with Daniel. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? Um, I really, I mean, this was a movie I watched a lot uh, as a younger person. Um, this is probably my favorite John Hughes movie. Uh, I mean, I do really like planes, trains and automobiles. Uh, I'm not as big a Ferris Bueller fan. I think as a lot of people are, but, uh, this is the one that always stuck with me. Um, it definitely is problematic in parts like a lot of his, uh, his movies have, but I, I don't think it's as problematic as like 16 candles or, uh, or weird science. And I think it actually, I don't know. Like, I think even, I don't know that it hits like all the dramatic beats it tries to hit that successfully. It seems a little nowadays looking at it this many years later, it, some of it feels a little after school special ish, but <laughs> I still think it's interesting that it went there. Like the, mm-hmm. you guys, you guys hitting on the, the, this, the talk about the honest discussion about suicide in the movie. Like yep. that's just mm-hmm. like, I'm so shocked that in 1985 uh, there was a movie that, you know, dealt with it in that way. Yeah. Um, and then also hitting on the fact that they they have to make a joke to kind of like to kind of like ease it a little bit. And I, I well, totally that's, agree. That's it's like weird. Uh, you, yeah, you, you can give it credit for going there and maybe you give it a bit of grace for having to yeah. wrap it in this joke. But it kind of tramples on the whole point when you turn the cause of the suicide into yeah. the butt of a joke. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think we took it to task quite well and i think mm-hmm. i think everybody for the most part is doing pretty good work here it, especially after seeing which i think this had more to do with the writing but seeing how bad anthony michael hall was in halloween kills uh, it was kind of, <laughs> it was, was kind of nice oh remembering goodness. how good he was uh yeah. you know why he was becoming a star at such a young age and molly yeah. ringwald and emilio and emilio is probably my least favorite of the crew but uh, he's okay. The the pot scene is the scene that always has always like thrown me off. Like that's the scene I that was when you said worst scene. I think the pot scene is my least favorite scene because it's just it's like you would think I don't know I know nothing about John Hughes and but I, I would think somebody on that set knew enough about smoking marijuana to know that was ridiculous. <laughs> like they they would they were on a pill of some sort. They weren't on marijuana. <laughs> no, no. No, they were like on well, angel also, dust. They, I don't know what yeah. they were doing, but also they totally hotboxed that entire library or whatever. Like, how <laughs> oh, yeah. do you even yeah. do that? Yeah. Like, how do you yeah. even have enough pot to like create a cloud that large? Like, an atmosphere yeah. of yeah. marijuana has has emerged. I mean, I've been like it. I used to smoke like cigarettes, and like I've been in like closed-in smoking sections of like cafeterias and stuff and it never looks like that and that's no. like 50 or 60 people smoking you mm-hmm. know 
So yeah. the fact that Emilio Estevez could go in there and do that, I mean, he would be dead, I think. Yeah. I, I have yeah. no <laughs> idea. But uh, as far as the sins, I mean, like I mentioned the suicide stuff, I thought that was really well done. Uh, I liked the explaining in detail why knocking your dick in the dirt oh, is a, so is a weird flex. Like, <laughs> like I like how the narrator gets all into like, maybe if he rolled around on this <laughs> angle and then picked it up, it, it was that was great. Uh, Bender was definitely brushing his teeth with us earlier. This is how you get ants. I thought that was a great wor- work on that word wording on that sin. Uh, you guys mentioning how there's 0% breakfast in this movie. Uh, and there's 100% lunch. lunch. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, I saw somewhere somebody commented that it was originally called the Lunch Club. I don't know. I, I didn't look into it to see if that was actually <laughs> true, but I did see somebody mention that. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then I just like the the... Which I was I was shocked to see nobody called you out on this, but I love that. Is anyone else getting tired of modern movies being set during the eighties? Like I assume I took that to mean you were calling this a modern movie, which was really funny. You yeah, know, it's very I was trolly. expecting I was expecting somebody to be like, you know, this was made in the nineteen eighties. I was waiting for it because there's the the Stranger Things trend and it Stephen King like mm-hmm. just if in doubt said it in the eighties yeah. and it will gain you some points. So yeah, yeah, I I was expecting that as well, but I think people got the meta ness of the joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it was it was great. Um, yeah, no, and I had no idea who wrote on this, so that's always like I think uh I think a compliment because you know you just mm-hmm. it just it just felt so authentic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It's a great video. Um, the Breakfast Club. I came to uh, as with a lot of eighty eighties mo- movies yeah. later. Um, I wasn't watching a lot of movies in the eighties, uh, so I came to it later and late enough that I was aware of how some of the stuff had aged poorly. Um, but there is something about these actors together. Like there, you know, mm-hmm. there is a reason they worked, and there's some good chemistry stuff. There's some, you know. Um, some good stuff going on there. So yeah, I remember liking this movie uh, well enough. Um, the uh, the sins video. Uh, I wanted to pull out the sin about anyone who paid twenty five cents for book covers instead of using paper bags <laughs> because that hit me on such a nostalgic level. I was just like, oh, I remember. I remember both those book covers you could buy at you know um, at the school and also. Just that we just, you know, used grocery bags to uh, cover, cover our books. And then I just got thinking, was that really something we all had to do? Like, what? Like, is it? I, it's going to really be okay, right? If we yeah. scuff the cover a little bit. Like, it's yeah. just like, why did we all have to cover? My kids don't do that now. No, we stopped doing that at some that point. Um, because honestly, what a waste of time and energy and it was no, just i remember at school getting told off for books being in bad condition yeah so and i don't know if that was the school trying to hustle us out of money it's like you will get detention if you don't protect your books so right. buy this thing yes. <laughs> how about you just let us learn and you pay for the books school yes. uh anyways yeah, yeah no. see, that's that's the thing I, I went to private school and um like we had to we actually had to buy my mom had to buy the books and then you could sell them back at the end of the year but then like they would say oh you scuffed it up so we can only give you so much back or we've discontinued this book so that was a whole other thing Damn, um, so maybe that's why i don't know about the covers Weird but. stuff uh after he makes i think basically an implied rape uh comment yeah. Uh, yeah the the sin is screenwriter thinks this guy deserves to get the girl at the end of the movie yeah uh which i thought was really really good 
Uh, flicking a paper football without someone holding up thumb and forefinger goalposts. Thank you very much. <laughs> Another big nostalgia burst. Uh, I'm for sure me. Ian wrote that because he's all into football. So. Oh yeah, it, it was originally a tennis strike, but I morphed it into. Listen, no, that was Daniel. It was legit. We played finger football all the time all in school. Yeah. All and the basketball, time. basketball with a mm-hmm. coin. You remember that? The yes, penny or yes, whatever. Yeah. Yes. So. This is really, really interesting. At school, so you guys did it like this. Yeah, yes. you've got the. Sorry, yeah. this isn't going to work on audio, but you have fingers pointed upwards with thumb connected at or like that to make it wider. Right. At school, we would genuinely do it the other way around. So for soccer, fingers pointed down for soccer. Yeah. So you make yeah. a goalpost. That is that is a fascinating cultural for, quirk. Makes perfect sense though. Everywhere yeah, else it in makes the total world. sense. It makes perfect sense. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, because fuck rugby. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely remember that. And we would use, I mean, we all knew how to make paper footballs. Like, that was something. And, and paper uh, throwing stars. You had to know how to make those two things. Oh, God. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, weapon you can make out of paper. Uh, Crucial skill. And in the other paper thing you had to know was the little, like, thing that opened both ways that you could do, like, choices in. Do you yeah, remember yeah, those? Yeah. Like, those were the three paper things. Color and, yeah, yeah, those are the three papers. They have a name. Yeah, I'm sure there is a name for those. There they has to be a name for those. Too. My daughter, my daughter has them every mm-hmm. now and yeah. then. Yeah. yeah, and then I learned how to make a paper balloon, uh, which was fun. But yeah, we had these little paper things uh, we would do because we didn't have phones, uh, so we had <laughs> we had to uh, had to make up things to do. I mean, you had to kill that last ten minutes of lunch somehow. Yeah, somehow, somehow. So uh, yeah, great video, great job, guys. Uh, all right, let's move into old. Speaking of great let's things, um, this is a uh, oh my God. Watkins script, Jeremy. Aaron, if you talk positive about this movie, I'm going to figure out a way to punch you in the dick through the camera. In the dirt? Is he, you're gonna, yeah, in the yeah. dirt. Yeah. Punch your dick into the dirt? <laughs> through, yeah, oh, through, uh, through no, I virtual. Think I, already know what you, you, I already think I already know what you think about this movie. Yeah, so. no, no, no. I, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, but Jonathan, you were on this, so you get to start with what you think Actually, and your stuff on this. I will say, have you only seen it the one time, Aaron? Uh, I have. I've only seen it once. Yeah. Correct. Don't watch it again. Don't watch okay, it. Any like any good grace you were willing to give this movie, you will. It will be gone the second time you I watch it. I think you underestimate his love of the Shyamalan. To be honest, <laughs> no. I, but I think I think I'm as big. I Aaron and I both are Shyamalan fans. I mean, we talk. We we're like the only ones on Slack. Like saying good things about like glass and, mm-hmm. and yeah stuff. yeah like i that's what i'm saying i genuinely liked like i the visit i was okay with like i didn't i don't think i liked the visit quite as much as some people did i thought it mm-hmm. but i thought it was pretty good it was interesting to see him do a found footage movie um i really liked split mm-hmm. um and i've i've that ending of split i just i still remember being in the theater when that happened and just being just like i don't yeah. know i i think i got hard i have no idea but um (laughs) and then i enjoyed glass for what it was i kind of liked him doing like this this i mean maybe it's a little pretentious but i liked the deconstruction that he does in glass i just Mm -hmm. found that pretty fascinating the twist at the end isn't great uh but i still thought that so going into this i was kind of interested like yeah you know Shyamalan's kind of back and this movie just fell flat for me like 100 percent like yeah it kind of felt like I always hate saying this because I feel it's cliched, but it's one of those things that felt kind of like a Twilight Zone episode that went on a little too long. Mm-hmm. And then you find out he adapted this from a graphic novel that didn't really have an ending, and so he created the ending he did, which is which makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Like in in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, I just think what this movie ends up being about, like the big pharma thing. I don't know. Like I just, I mean, it's like I don't know what we're saying here that big pharma is 
bad as anybody else? I mean, are there people that are like, oh, Big Pharma is <laughs> Who's great. making the opposite argument? <laughs> yeah, uh, do, I, I don't think it's so much about I don't think it's so much about a moral statement on Big Pharma's ethics. I think sure, it's sure. about I think it's about asking us a question about uh actually wrestling with the conundrum like where our line is like where is our line Uh, if it will help a million people to put this one person you know in danger what you like where is you where is our line so i think it's trying to ask a conundrum question i don't think it does it well but i think that is i think that is the intent the intent more is to be like well where is your line as far as the greater good you know then you have to wonder like if if like this magical island existed, is this what we would use it for? Like that, that's where I start. That's kind of where I start going. And I think I even wrote some stuff about that, and then I I couldn't really go anywhere with it. But that was kind of my thing. Like I don't know exactly what you would use it for. But I don't know. It's just weird. We're it's definitely like, underutilizing it. What whatever it is, well, putting and, in six people at a time. Yeah. And, yeah. And here's the thing: Why does it have to be secret? Do you know how many people are willing to go into trials for you know, especially yeah. when they have you know a disease or something that they're yeah. You know what I mean like it's it's i think you would have volunteers i think you would have volunteers for this kind of stuff like if you pay them and then send the money to their families right absolutely people would volunteer yeah Yeah. uh jeremy and i had a lot of fun working on this together and going back and forth with just how much we hated the movie no it's really bad like i mean i i didn't like it the first time i saw it but i liked it even less the the second time i watched it and i i don't plan on uh, giving it another chance. I don't yeah. know. I, I, do, I do love Shyamalan, though, so maybe it's one of those movies I'll check out again in 10 years. I have seen more people defend it. Um, I know people out there like it. But um, as far as The Sins, I just wanted to mention uh, Spilling Your Baby Everywhere is probably the <laughs> darkest, darkest thing I've ever written. I had that down. I had that down, yeah. I was so close to not leaving it in there, but then I was like, oh, I'll see what Jeremy thinks. And he was like, oh my God, man, I love it. You know, yeah, so, so um, good. Uh, well, then I love it. And then Jeremy wrote the one too about like, you know, uh, her being a grandmother uh, you know, her being a grandmother. Well, actually, she was for about 30 seconds or whatever. It was, you know. <laughs> it's so mean. Uh, Jeremy, the narrator getting so irritated with pro golf being one of the activities. Because yes. <laughs> that doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. Like, there's nothing about that. That I remember Jeremy sense. losing it on Slack with that. He was yeah. just like two seconds into the move and he's like, fuck <laughs> this movie, pro golf. <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> hates this movie. He oh, yeah, hates. no, he really hates it. Yeah, yeah. Like you, uh-huh. you would think I liked it in comparison if you were to talk You would to think yeah. everybody liked it in comparison <laughs> yes. to what Jeremy thinks about this movie. I also like the uh, the eating the pasta salad is one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in my life. So I was really glad mm-hmm. when uh, Jeremy, which that, that that is how a kid would do it. I think. I mean, I get it, but it's just it was so gross to watch. Um, that seems to be then, the only thing about being a five year old that they've retained. Everything else matured, oh, yeah. other than how well, they eat food. That's what I was gonna say. I love the way we ended it with you know the way the mm. guy's talking. He's like he should be replying, "Me scared." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. anyways, yeah, it was it was a really it was a really it was not fun to watch again, but it was it was very fun to send because there was so much to send. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Ian, I'm going to let you go next. I'll finish this off because you want to end on a positive note. <laughs> no, no. Listen, yes. there is no full throated defense of this movie coming from me. Uh, so, no. But yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, I liked this when I first watched it. The, the thing that held me back was the dialogue. And I was so aware that the, the dialogue's so stilted and cheesy and half the characters are there because they're tools to explain the plot and how they explain the 
science behind how the beach works and the magic diary that tells them how it works. They are spoon feeding us or M night is spoon feeding us exactly how he wants this film to be interpreted. Um, Having said that, the concept the concept itself I really enjoy. There's, there's something about it that I did enjoy while I watched it, even if it is completely over the top. Like there's some some themes that are always fun. But yeah, rewatching the Sins video has convinced me that I will never watch this film again because I want to keep liking it as I remember it. And I think <laughs> if I watch it again, it will piss me off. Um, but no, you you guys did great, and knowing how much jeremy hated the film i had no doubt this was going to be a a hilarious video Mm -hmm. yeah Um, but giving your spouse a quiz really triggered me because (laughs) it's one of those relationship things that i i hate what are you Mm -hmm. proving here it's like so what did i have for breakfast yesterday oh so if i answer this that means i love you and if i get it wrong it means i don't easy why didn't we do this three years ago instead of wasting so much time together um it's just it's a non-sequitur like one thing doesn't mean the other so yeah i was so glad to see that um just the the idea that if that there's some stuff that makes sense in m knight's head and the narrator wishes that he would put it through a normal human so that the normal (laughs) human can say what the fuck are you talking about Mm -hmm. and that would make so many of his films better um yeah Every the the leading is everyone needs to have a voice in this conversation, and the narrator's like, "Awesome sentiment. Let's see how this plays out." Ocean cam, and the most like pivotal part you don't see. It's like that was too complicated to write. I'm gonna have to stick you in the ocean for a little while. Um, and just the narrator losing it with my favorite part of this movie is like, "You can't see fucking shit," and it just goes dark. It's like you can't mm-hmm. you can't see what they're doing. There's just some choices here that are so bizarre, so so strange. But yeah, yeah love this video so much. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said, Ian. I I also I didn't hate this movie. Um, but again, I'm not going to full throated. Uh, defend it. I well, it's not Last Airbender, right? So like, right, I get that. That's, and maybe got, that's, that's why he made that. Floor. Maybe the, maybe that's why the night made the Last Airbender so bad. So people are like, eh, this isn't that bad. Um, I I think I said the first thing I said in my initial review uh, was I'm not sure how self aware M Night is, and I'm not sure if it matters. Um, but he is doing something that at least I find compelling like i'm thinking about it afterwards which is saying something right yeah this this movie in particular uh in particularly i i find interesting because he it it triggered me into i think a little bit of insight on m night that i hadn't had before which is the lady in the water effect which is he writes movies like he's telling children bedtime stories and he said this in interviews before like that's what he gets excited about is this idea of sitting down with somebody and telling them you know a bedtime story kind of thing and that's like when you talk about how on the surface everything is here and how like it's just just said out loud like there's Mm -hmm. a sin in the in the video about one of the first ones where they're talking about you know I forget even what the line is, but it's some something to do with, you know, he's playing a game and, oh, you're, you're you know, I wish you could always stay young or something. You know, like that that happens over and over yeah. again <laughs> in yeah. this movie. I can't wait to hear what you sound like when you're older. Like yeah, what your singing yeah. voice is like when you're older. It's like, oh, right. I guess that's going to happen then. <laughs> right. So, like, everything is so on the surface and so on the nose. And as an adult, you're like, I don't need that M. Night. But he's like, eh, I'm kind of making a different kind of thing here. I'm kind of doing this. 
in like all of his movies are almost seen through the children in the movies right from the beginning like with Sixth Sense you know it's kind of all through the child's Mm. eyes and I I even mentioned once I kind of uh, thought about this that the reason The Last Avatar doesn't work is because it is a child story that that Mm -hmm. doesn't like you know he likes to tell adult stories through a child's eyes and Avatar is almost the reverse of that he's almost trying to turn a child story into something a little more adult and that's just not the way he does things you know that would be like going backwards in time for him you know like it's just it's just impossible for him to do um having said all that i totally get why that kind of storytelling doesn't work for most people um because it is very childish there's a there's a there's a simplicity and on the surfaceness to it that's that just feels icky to us like um mm-hmm. that we don't like Plus, a lot of stuff in bedtime stories, by the way, doesn't make sense. And he's not concerned <laughs> about how some of the stuff about like how fast stuff heals or those, you know, those kind of things. It, it just doesn't make sense. He's more concerned about let me tell you a story about a beach where people yeah. get old fast. And he just want you know, he just wants to, to tell the story. So it, I don't know. It's. M. Night's an interesting one for me. Um, I absolutely love some of his movies. I absolutely hate mm-hmm. some of his movies. And then there's ones like this one where I'm like, I kind of see what you're doing here. And, you know, I can kind of be on board enough to like it for what it is and know that mm-hmm. it's not, you know, perfect. But, but yeah. Uh, so those are my, my M. Night thoughts as an M. Night defender from way back. Uh, the movie itself, Spilling Your Baby Everywhere, we've mentioned, but I'm going to mention again because it's the, the best. Uh, <laughs> the... Uh, it, the laughter then followed by, if you say so, Magic Beach Diary, uh, <laughs> that, that made me laugh quite a bit. Uh, and then I had to mention also where the shot is just going over the sandcastles and the narrator's just humming the Game of Thrones theme. Uh, yeah. I thought that was so brilliant. It was great. So much it took fun. me a second to place it. I was like, oh shit, what is that? I know what that is. I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> and just it kicked in at the last second. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great stuff. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so there you go. That is old. I guess that means we can move into keeping tabs. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. 
I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. We're going to take a look at uh, something else from the process of putting together the week's content. Maybe a weird Google search about the percentages of people that uh, participate in anal sex or a deleted sin (laughs) or whatever else uh, we might want to do. Um, Jonathan, why don't you start us off? (laughs) I wonder what the outtake transitions are going to be this week. (laughs) Yeah. Mine's um, (laughs) anal. Mine's uh, (laughs) mine's boring because mine is math. Um, I did the Aaron kind of hinted at it about the there's a there's a comment in the movie where oh it's where the the mother figures out that you know she that they're uh she says a half hour is equivalent to one year uh in our lives Mm -hmm. and so i went and did some research on uh scars and like how fast usually like incisions and uh deep cuts heal and the best i could find i'm surprised i i didn't see if i got called out on this but i looked in the comments out of curiosity i didn't catch anything but Best I could find, it was like three to four weeks. But those scars were popping up pretty quickly, especially with the Mm -hmm. incisions. So the best way I could figure it out was I took that. So let's say that's close to a month. And let's say it's three or four seconds, you know, which is basically how long the movie was going. That averages out to about 15 months per minute, which would be half an hour would actually be 37 years, not one. (laughs) It's insane. So so that was very confusing to me. And even if it is one, they're still aging way too fast because, I mean, they're they're aging a lot faster than that even on screen. Although it is weird that they keep the um, Alex Wolf and... um, Is it Thomas and McKenzie, I think? Is that who's the other one? The one from Last Night in Soho? Uh, they play the kids. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Think you're right. They they play the kids for a really a much longer time mm-hmm. than they should. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I just thought the math was kind of messed up, and so I took I spent way too long uh, that day uh, doing math, and that's where I got my. <laughs> keeping tabs <laughs> i i don't think you guys mentioned it but another thing i thought uh that was the cynable about that scene when they're doing surgery is they're like just hold it open while yeah. we get this and it's like okay but you do understand if you hold it open now time is progressing because later you cut somebody with a rusty knife and yeah. you know and they get poisoned within seconds like mm. you're holding that wound oh an open wound for months to a yeah. year yeah. like in like you know what happens to an open wound as it ages over like so it's just like uh-huh. there's not a lot of like like really considered thought into how time progression uh would work in those situations yeah. so, let's not get for sure. let's not let it get in the way of the fun I think right yeah exactly logic. yeah uh i'll go next um yeah i already mentioned that the uh night rider uh thing was something i'd be talking about this kind of went through my mind in different forms. I always knew I wanted us to cut to Rick being the narrator. And this comes from an idea I've had for a while. And I'm not taking it off the table. We still may do this. I think it would be really fun in a an episode of Rick and Morty where Rick is just on fire with um, calling the show out on stuff it's mm-hmm. doing. That we do a Rick sends the show bonus round. Where it's just Rick, you know, <laughs> being excellent at cinema sins, you know, for or yeah. TV sins for the whole time. I've even thought of what if there was enough that we did the whole video that way? Maybe it was just like yeah. if, if there were if we could get up to like fifteen to twenty, 
you know, quotes yeah. from Rick in an episode and we just had Rick be the narrator for an episode. Like how like that that could be like a kind of a fun. So it kind of came from that idea and just kind of visualizing this idea that, you know, Rick would make an excellent uh, you know, TV Sins narrator kind of thing. Mm. So uh so yeah, There's- so I kind of wanted to pass that along. That's possible with Archer as well. And it might sure. be more possible with Archer because I think they may even... There's multiple characters that are kind of criticizing what's going on. So you, you may need the whole voice cast to do it. Mm-hmm. But it, that would be so much fun. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. It may still happen. We'll see. Yeah. You know, it's, def- it's definitely out there. listening to this are like, yeah, <laughs> no, sounds great. No, we're not doing that. You're on your own. Yeah. Yeah. It would just, yeah, it just, you just pull in the narration from somewhere else. That's all. That's all. That's <laughs> That's same, same idea. Yeah. Same idea. Uh, Ian, what about you? What's your keeping tabs? Um, so even though I wrote on everything, apparently, there wasn't a lot that I had to research, but I did have to make sure that I wasn't being overconfident with my Doctor Who knowledge because it has 60 years behind it now. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to pull from and there's a lot of retconning. And Doctor Who has been retconning since day one. So the Cybermen, for example, um, they originated in the second Doctor's tenure. Um, however, they decided at some point that that wasn't early enough. Like year two of year three of the series wasn't enough. So originally they're, they're from a planet called Mondas, and this is twinned with Earth in a parallel dimension somehow. And the Cybermen try to take over earth because their planet is doomed but then apparently they also appeared in an original in the first doctor's adventure called com- something completely different called the vord so i managed to slip the vord into a sin and i think there's maybe three people on the internet that will know what the vord are which is fun but they weren't happy enough that the Cybermen came from Mondas. They actually had to be linked back to this other super powerful AI, half machine, half biological species called the Vord. And actually, they evolved into the Cybermen. But that definitely wasn't planned from the beginning. But it's just something that they retconned because even back then, they weren't happy with a new bad guy. That had to link back to something that the audience had already seen to make it more valuable. So I just thought mm. it was fascinating that even. Back in the 60s, we were so obsessed with callbacks and things tying in and making sense. And maybe it was just because Doctor Who lacked the continuity of the same main character. Like, that's something that's tricky to do today. Let alone back in the 60s. Like, yeah, we're going to have your main character is going to change every three years and perhaps you're not going to like them. Um, So maybe that's why it's more important to have these bad guys that are more consistent as it it Mm. goes on. Yeah. Yeah, that was just for me, that was very interesting. That is interesting stuff. Uh, all right, let's move into the comment section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're just going to pull a comment from the week's content from the various places you reach out, whether it be Discord, YouTube, Reddit, etc. Ian, kick us off. What's your comment this week? Um, so I've got a couple that came from the Doctor Who um, episode, and... This is definitely a correcting the nitpickers. Um, so this is about when we said that Rosita doesn't have a... Cum- Ian, it's yeah. nitpicking the nitpickers of the nitpickers. Okay. I was deliberately shortening it. Thank you. <laughs> That's fine. Nitpicking the nit... Wait. Nitpicking the nitpickers of the nitpickers. Yes. Triple N. Yes. So, anyway, I'm going to edit that out. So, in- <laughs> <laughs> so 
this is about Rosita being a bit useless, the assistant, and not fighting back. And the the astute commenter said, um, in that moment, it may have seemed off for Rosita to say nothing. But if you notice later, Miss Artigan had some blood on her lip, which was the result of Rosita punching her before they escaped. Something you quite conveniently left out. And I was like, no, didn't conveniently leave it out. <laughs> that still, for me, doesn't qualify her as a... <sighs> As an assistant that's given a lot to do. Like, Doctor right. Who isn't about violence. It's very much about witty retorts and putting the enemy down. Mm-hmm. A punch to the lip does not a good companion make. So right. I just I wanted to give that a bit of a a bit of a red. She still could have been given so much more to do. But oh, again, yeah, it's just yeah, I'm with you. Focus, f- focusing on the new Doctor rather than anything else. Um, one person said, did you just diss Wallace and Gromit while simultaneously sending Doctor Who? My little <laughs> British heart is breaking. <laughs> And I just wanted to point out that it might break even more that a fellow British person wrote that <laughs> sin. Like, if it wasn't bad enough, it came from a country person. So, yeah. sorry. Nice. And there's one, I don't know how much we'll address this, but there was another comment that, that said, um, I do enjoy TV sins, but I would prefer if the episodes um, were several episodes in one video. Cinema Sins seems to put out a lot of videos. No, seems to put out videos at the same rate as TV Sins, but movies are longer than most television episodes. So it feels like we're getting less content. Um, and then they do have some good grace and say, perhaps there's an aspect of the production of TV Sins that makes the process longer that I don't know about. So it's great because they want more content. They want to see more from us and are wondering why. And the reason is we write for Cinema Sins as well. <laughs> there is <laughs> yes. only so much we can right like it's not like there's the same group of people working on each it's exactly and that's an easy thing there's no way to know that that's an easy thing to not know um so yeah there's six of us that are working on cinema sins and there's three on tv sins with occasionally some of the a-team will jump in and and pick something up there's four um with us if wait four four I, i missed it four what TV sins. There's four regular writers. Four for TV sins. Sorry, yeah, four yeah. for TV sins. So it's it's just yeah, it's uh, person power. That, that's all of this. We, we we can't write much more than we're writing now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we cannot. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's we we're with you. We would love to do uh, love more it. content, yeah. and we do have videos with multiple episodes. That is definitely something that's available for you know some of the bigger shows that we do where we've done entire seasons so um so yes that is that is something we want as well we are with Mm -hmm. you but we we are you know only six people and we have uh, a lot of stuff to write so yeah i'll go next um i uh i wanted to mention from austin and this was about the breakfast club and he just lists a bunch of fun facts about the movie we don't often do this but these were interesting enough to me um so I, I wanted to pass them along. He says, uh, the fun facts for those who don't know about the movie, budget was a million dollars and the library uh, that most of the film takes place in was actually built over a gymnasium in an abandoned school. Uh, interior shots of the halls may be recognized from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The whole movie was shot in order from start to finish. That's pretty rare. That's really uh, rare. That's uh, cool. Interesting. Uh, Judd Nelson went to a real school and attended classes to get into character. Uh, the scene where they are smoking, John Hughes let the cameras roll and the actors did whatever they wanted. That scene, uh, the scene that includes uh, why each of them is in detention was completely 100% improvised. No lines were written as is possibly suggested in the video. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's really that's interesting. Really interesting. Uh, I found all this stuff interesting. And then the only other thing I wanted to mention was from Justin during the Rick and Morty video. I almost decided to play audio with this, but then uh, decided I don't have to. But the comment is just, and it's liked a few times, the comment is just, the way he pronounces cereal is doing my head in. And as a narrator, these kind of comments are really interesting to me. I don't take them personally mm-hmm. because he's not even saying it's bad or anything like that. But you start to realize you maybe pronounce words differently than most people. <laughs> do people just do two syllables with that word usually? Like, is it just cereal? Or like what? Like, how is me saying cereal? Cere- cereal like, is is there something weird about how I'm saying it? It's not something I've picked up on, but yeah, a lot of people agree. But cereal, as in breakfast cereal. Yeah, yeah, cereal. I don't know. I, I don't know if Maybe there's... you put a bit of extra thing on the first syllable, cereal. Cereal. Yeah, cereal. I think you put a bit of extra Sounds length on the first one. I don't know. But accents are strange. They're, yeah. they're different. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, I, I always find that kind of stuff interesting, so I wanted to mention it as well. Uh, Jonathan. I just had a real quick one. It was from um, old. There was a scene where when it shows all the people at the end that are involved in the the research, uh, the scene was finding this many people that are perfectly okay with murder. Uh, (laughs) And then this commenter said, finding this many people that are perfectly okay with murder is actually something I would find believable, including from a pharmaceutical company. Have you seen their prices for life-saving devices? And fair enough. Yeah, yeah. They might. Yeah, it's tacit approval, isn't it, that making it so expensive will result in deaths, yeah. As uh, as somebody who has a uh, diabetic son, uh, mm-hmm. let me just say, I hear you, I feel you, um, the price of insulin is insane. Oh, uh, or if your so. kid needs, like, a pen, like, for an allergy, mm-hmm. for, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, like an EpiPen, yeah, totally. Very, very true. Uh, let's move into Beyond the Sins. To infinity. And beyond! Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're just going to chat about something else from the world of pop culture that we've seen recently. I'm going to channel Danae Hughes and do a, an app game uh, for my Beyond the Sins. Uh, I, I have really been into this BeatStar game. I think I've got Ian into it. I think Danae yeah, is, is now into it as well. Um BeatStar is basically just like old school Guitar Hero style, like mm-hmm. play the note on the beat, but you're just using your thumbs. And there are three progressive columns that may have beats that you should hit. Sometimes there are arrows you have to slide in a certain way, but it's all just rhythm based. So the concept is pretty simple, but the execution makes me feel like a music god. Like it's there's just something about like when you are hitting these beats perfectly, like you almost feel like you're creating the music. Uh, if you've played Guitar Hero or Rock Band or some of those, you know this feeling. It's that same kind of feeling. Uh, and there, there is something really intoxicating about this. Uh, the app itself is laid out pretty well too. Like it's, um, it's fun. Plus it uses a lot of modern music that, uh, that is just fun to, to listen to and to, you know, kind of go over and over and I'm having a blast with it. Basically you collect songs and then you try to beat those songs and you get different ratings up to five stars. And then there's like gold, platinum and diamond after that that you can uh, achieve your rankings on um it's a lot of fun i'm just having a blast with it and uh if you do uh decide to play my username is simply my name aaron dicer so feel free to to add me as a friend if you like um 
And we have definitely not been gloating about who has the highest score on certain I, songs. Listen, I've been doing good. I my you I have been killing it. I no, I just mean I'm I'm not I I want to let you guys, you know, build up your your thumb dexterity before I start really like gloating about right, you know, my wait, scores. No, I shared one song that I had number one. The mm-hmm. next thing that Aaron shared was him destroying my listen, high score. Listen, I knew you destroying were gonna think that it. I think you knew I knew you were gonna think that. I only shared that because it's the best score I've ever had on a song. Uh, I oh, and only... it just happens to be on the only one that I was top on. It does just happen to be because they, they I don't know if you know this, but they have a daily challenge. That song was my uh-huh. daily challenge. I didn't go to play it because I saw your score yeah. on it. It was actually the one they presented me to play. I had to play that's, it. So. That's fine. That's how you had to do it. You had no choice. You couldn't say no, no to the daily to challenge. I had no choice to you, Ian. I had no choice. And you choice. had to share it. <laughs> exactly. Nice. No, it's fine. It's great. I love it. Listen, you're doing well. You've been playing one day and you're already scoring goals. So, like, you, yeah. you're, you're going to get there. You'll get there fast. Yeah, I know it. So, anyway, nice. it's called Beat Star. And as you can tell, I'm having a blast with it. And so, oh, I thought great. I might, might pass that along. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? Um, I saw this movie like a week and a half ago, but it's just, I don't know, it stuck with me. So, I thought I'd talk about it a little bit. Uh, so, it's uh, Red Rocket, which is uh, Sean Baker's uh, new movie here at the end of the year, Oscar push kind of thing. I have not seen anything by him before. So, I haven't seen The Florida Project. Oh, okay. I haven't seen Tangerine. Uh, my friend who I saw Red Rocket with, though, he said this was very similar, at least the like with the supporting characters and stuff, the way they were conversing felt mm-hmm. very much like Florida Project, where I'm not sure all of these people are professional actors, uh, but I don't know that. I mean, they might be. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't I didn't love this movie. Um, I I I would say overall I thought it was okay. There's not a whole lot going on in it. I think that's the just for me personally from a storytelling standpoint, it wasn't really uh catching me. It wasn't really interesting me because there's just not a whole lot going on. The main thing about this whether or not I think you're going to come away with it from a positive standpoint is is Simon Rex. I think this movie is 100% on his shoulders and I found that fascinating cuz I'm old enough to remember when MTV VJs were like a thing. And I don't, I, I, I don't even know if they really have them anymore because they don't show a lot of music videos anymore. Um, so I'm not even really sure how much of a thing that is anymore. But uh, Simon Rex is in this movie. He's playing a, I guess, a former adult movie star mm-hmm. um, and he's kind of at a crossroads. I guess I, they don't I don't think the movie ever really tells you exactly what he's running away from or why he got in the predicament he's in but he is back uh in his hometown i can't even remember where this was set do you know aaron do you remember i don't it it seems like texas uh it feels right yes that's right yeah somewhere somewhere in texas and um he's back he's living with his ex-girl i guess his wife uh maybe it's still his wife actually they're they Mm -hmm. they're that's one of the early things you find out is they're not divorced yet but um they have been separated for a while and she was doing movies with him for a while and then she ended up going back before he did and so it's just kind of about him coming back to his hometown and trying to do something i guess to make some money and in the process he comes across this very young girl uh, she the act she's supposed to be 17 in the movie which from my understanding the reason it's set where it's set is because that's technically the the legal age of consent um in in that state i don't know how much better that makes it mm-hmm. <laughs> i because i w- i will say i will say the one the one thing about that that 
it's not like just completely driving me away from the film is I don't think the movie in any way rewards him for this. Like, it's not like he's not, he does, he's not a winner. Like he's not, you know, it's not, it's not approached as a positive thing. Right. Um, Well, I mean, especially considering it's not just the, the, you know, statutory underage part of it. It's also the grooming part of it. Like he, you know, he's grooming her to do, you know, like yeah, he, to, become, to basically be her, he's basically being her pimp for adult, you know, uh, work is what he yeah, wants. He yeah, he thinks because um, her name's Strawberry. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, he keeps saying that to like his friends and stuff. She's already got a, she's already got a porn name. You know, it's it, it's yeah. really it's it's really creepy. It, the movie is, I guess, supposed to be a comedy for the most part, and there are moments that I laugh. I really like Simon Rex though. I think he's doing a really good job here. And like I said, I, obviously an MTV VJ and an adult film star are two different things. But I do think it's interesting in the fact I don't think it's I don't think it's a coincidence that he was hired to play this part. I, I think that the MTV VJ still has like that really super like quick shot of stardom if you get to that level. Um, I think Carson right. Daly is probably the one example of one that has eclipsed that and has actually been able to make that into like. He's developed a career since then. Most people, maybe they get to do a couple movies or something. Maybe you get to be like Tom Green or something. And that's kind of what Simon Rex did. He did a couple of the scary movies. He had like a really short-lived TV series, I think, like on CW or something. And um, was somewhat successful there for a minute and then kind of went back down. And so I think that fits perfectly with the character that he's playing. Because I do think even though he wasn't an adult film entertainer, I think there probably are things from his life that he can pull into this. I, I'm not mm-hmm. saying Simon Rex is this person. I don't think I'm sure he's a very nice person. And I'm sure he's not like somebody that's going to go try to groom a 17 year old. But I'm just saying as far as like that being like somewhat high in life and then kind of having to come back down and, you know, kind of uh, figure out what you're going to do moving forward. Um, I think he does bring that aspect to it. So I don't know. It's a really interesting movie. And like I said, it's stuck with me. Like, I can't stop thinking about it. I, I still don't really think it's that good. Uh, I, it's like a slight recommend. Like, I, I think there's enough there that I think some people are going to get a lot more out of it than I did. Uh, Aaron, I think I read your review on Letterboxd. I think you liked it even a little less than I did. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't like it. Um, yeah. But I did like Simon Rex, and I and I'm curious to see what he does moving forward because I'm more than happy. I'm more than interested. I'm I'm very interested in seeing him in some other things. Um, and uh, I don't know what I think about Sean Baker. Like I said, this was the first movie I've seen of his. I it it's not making me really want to go seek out either of his other movies. Uh, I might at some point. I don't know. My my friends tell me Florida Project's really good, so maybe I'll maybe I'll check that out at some point. But uh, this was just okay for me. Yeah, I I I haven't got Sean Baker. Um, I I think he makes compelling movies, and like I said, mm-hmm. uh, compelling is better than boring, in in my opinion. Um, this movie specifically, I just couldn't find my way into yeah. what I cared about. Um, because I didn't like any of the characters, because I wasn't invested in anything they were doing. Like I, you know. I just I couldn't find like my you know what I was supposed to be caring about in this movie. It seemed it seemed obsessed with his personality, but I mm-hmm. didn't know what it was trying to tell me about. It didn't seem to interrogate it that much. Um, it just it seemed to use his charm and charisma to maybe try to say something about charm and charisma in people, but I, I just I couldn't find it. So I couldn't find my way into. Uh, Red Rocket in a meaningful way, and so I I really didn't care for it. Um, but um, but you're you're I mean there certainly are a lot of people who 
this is one of their favorite movies of the year. So yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. People, you know, Sean Baker is speaking to a certain you know audience. It's just it's not me apparently. Um, I think Florida Project is better than this. Uh, I yeah, think you, and you I, might I know like, like Florida Tam- Project and uh, Tangerine. I remember the year that came out. That made a lot of top ten lists. Like that mm-hmm. was a that was a video. So maybe I will check those out. I, this one just maybe wasn't the way to go for my first film yeah. of his. You know, yeah. But uh, Ian. What about you? Well, we're going to go from something quite profound and something big to talk about to a film that is not that. Um, <laughs> oh, so you're going to talk is... about Spider-Man? Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ouch. Um, we're not going to do that. Um, but we're going to talk about uh, Kate, um, which is a 2021 oh, yeah. Netflix oh, film that came yeah. out in September. I have September. not seen this. I wouldn't bother. Um, I (laughs) think you're probably better off watching Terminator Rise of the Machines, which is the movie this movie is genuinely trying to be. So much so that it's so much so that it references it. So I was throughout the first half of this film, I was thinking, man, this is mighty like specifically um, Arnie's performance in Terminator Three, and then uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, who's our lead. Um, is even called oh Love man you like the Terminator aren't you she's great she's mm. easily the best bit about this film but this film is so so disappointing um, the premise is that she's been um, poisoned as well she's an assassin it's like Sol, um Ava was it Ava or Anna Ava the one with um, the, oh no not gonna remember her name um, <laughs> Lucy the, the, are you talking like about the Scarlett Johansson movie no, there's another one with... There was a Luke Besson sh- movie called Anna that came out a couple years ago. Which is Jessica Chastain. Uh, um, something no. Chastain. That's not oh, a Jessica man. Chastain movie, so I, I don't, I don't know what place. you're thinking of. Jessica Chastain did a film that was just her. It was Ava or Anna. I think it was Ava, and oh, she's an assassin. I think you're correct. Yes. Somebody will get there first. <laughs> Somebody will get there. No, we'll just, that we'll is confusing the because there is there. another assassin movie called Anna. Yeah, so I understand, but it is Ava. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's so many. Anyway, it's like that, but this is probably the worst that I've seen. Um, So yeah, the premise is that she's an assassin. She's been poisoned and has a matter of hours to live. Mm -hmm. And her mission is to find out Oh, so it's also Crank. It's also Crank, yeah. So her mission is to find out who killed her and kill them. Um, So it stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Woody Harrelson. You, if you haven't guessed the twist in the first five minutes... I'm not going to say you're stupid, but I would be surprised if you didn't guess the twist in the first five minutes. Was Bruce and Willis dead the whole time? He's dead the whole time. Um, okay. he, he, it's not. It doesn't lessen the movie if you guess the twist, but it was so hard to avoid once once you have guessed it. Um, so I just I just have a question before we move uh-huh. too far away from Jonathan's statement, and then I'll let you continue, Ian. But is somebody going to do a? Um, a eulogy for or what's what's the printed thing you do for somebody who dies the obituary um, obituary obituary yeah. is somebody going to do uh, Bruce Willis's obituary just one line he was actually dead the whole time um, oh, my god. <laughs> oh my god it's gotta be that would be amazing okay continue um, on sorry <laughs> But yeah, this I had high, I had high hopes for this because I feel I always like the one person versus the world type of movies like Taken etc. But this I don't know what this film is trying to do. It's an absolute mess. It's all over the place yep. now. The the director Cedric Nicholas Troyan um, was a visual effects artist primarily and has directed Snow White and the Huntsman and this. 
and that you can see that visually this is a super pretty film like there is neon everywhere there's some great visuals but the story is just there the action is fine but pretty meaningless um it it tries to pack an emotional punch and doesn't it was so bland i nearly fell asleep um so yeah it's a hard hard recommend uh, <laughs> that was, that's that's quite a surprise there. Watch it. it's so bad my goodness this is a hard hard um, warn it's not a not a record warn was, or anything it is just don't bother why is nobody talking about 2021 there were so many of these movies like gunpowder that's, milkshake yeah. nobody that's the one i was going to mention gunpowder yeah, milkshake there was one is the other with, one um there was one with kate beckinsale that i watched i can't remember the name of that one uh there was like sweet girl was the one with um dude from game of thrones aquaman mm-hmm. that guy i mean it just seemed mm-hmm. like there was all these like somebody's somebody's Something bad's happened to him. They've got to get revenge. You know, the John Wick. It's. It feels like these are all after John Wick became popular. Everybody everybody is trying to make Jane Wick. Everybody. Yes, in yes. This, in 100%. That, I, I get it, but, I, like, I just do something different. Like, my favorite have been the Charlize Theron ones like this. I think she is incredible Atomic in these kinds of movies. She's killing it. Um, so, so yeah, good. Yeah, Atomic Blonde is a in my opinion, a great movie. Um, that's definitely so, stuck with me. I, like that, I've, that's definitely improved in my mind after I've seen a bunch of these. Um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, yeah. this is Terminator 3 plus John Wick. I actually like Terminator 3. Plus Tokyo Drift. <laughs> but, <bad>. <laughs> but really, and I, I'm not joking, it's all three of those movies, but not good. Have you seen it, Aaron? I have. I have. Um, yeah, I think I think the only reason to watch it is Winstead, who it continues mm-hmm. to be just an amazing actor. She's great. I, She's yeah, great. I, I I love what she does. I will say um, the one with Kate Beckinsale. I think I talked about that in a Beyond the Sense. That one wasn't bad, but I can't remember the name of it now. So that's not good. Oh, the one with Kate. I don't think I saw that one actually. Um, it is Jolt. So yes, I didn't see yeah. Jolt. I never got around to seeing so Jolt. I was yeah, told that's kind by of many many people that I didn't need to. So I mean, um, I don't think you so need to it. watch it. But if you like Kate Beckinsale, um, you know she's good. It's fun. Like it's just a fun. It's 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 more along the lines of something like Crank, I think. But it's not great by yeah. any means. I mean, there, you're not you're not missing out on anything. I haven't seen yep. which nobody is Bob Odenkirk. It's not a woman, but that one also I put in this kind of. Mm-hmm revenge yeah. movie i I really liked that that felt different. i definitely want to watch it i really enjoyed that yeah. that it's because it's it's odd seeing bob odenkirk kick some butt and i think I, the action in in that is worth watching okay yeah. cool yeah i'll check it out yeah uh yeah my review of kate my one-line review was it's fine i'm just tired of this formula and wish the movie had mm-hmm. more to say and a few more creative ways to say it um in mm-hmm. that yeah Winstead just, is great so yeah it's a non-entry yeah i agree well, there you go. That's Kate, which is on Netflix. Uh, Red Rocket is out in limited release. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully will be available soon. And BeatStar should be available in your app store. That's going to wrap it up for Behind the Scenes this week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. If you've got anything you want to send us, mail it to P.O. Box 881 Republic, Missouri 65738. You can hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. He is at Wits End. W-H-I-T-T-S-I-N-N-E-D. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Ian Whittington, some spilled baby, and myself, we will see you next <laughs> week. Happy National Rubber Ducky Day. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com and be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash bts. Cereal. You guys got all of the snow. We got a bunch earlier in the week, too. We were 
we were only supposed to get like one inch on Monday and we got like six. Oof. <clears throat> a surprise five inches is never welcome. Uh, that was intentional. Serial. <laughs> I am still 10 years after moving here, still amazed by how little snow or ice it takes to just shut everything down. And I, it makes more sense to me now because I understand like they, they don't have the, um, they're not used to dealing with it all the time. So they're not investing money in, you know, multiple yeah. salting trucks. Yeah, and... we don't have like we don't have heaters under the streets <laughs> right. and yes, stuff like that. Build, yeah. yeah, you don't. Yeah, that's what that's what I I totally get where you're coming yeah. from, but that does irritate me sometimes because I'm like, sure. great, I'm glad you live somewhere that was worse. Serial, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I've come to understand. Right, like that's that is the and that's the beauty of listening. Right, that's the beauty of perspective. Is I move here and I'm like, you guys are wimps, and people are like, hold on, just a second. Let me explain to you how it's different here. And they're like, oh, yeah, differences. Okay. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of conversation is figuring out, oh, I had a limited perspective. Now I have a greater perspective of, you know, how bad weather affects uh, different people in different worlds. And that is how we solve the world, ladies and gentlemen, world peace. Serial. Do you get a lot of snow where you are, Ian? No, it's exactly the same problem, Aaron. Very... Um succinctly nicked the point that I was about to make <laughs> and is that we have the same complaint every year that literally two inches of snow will derail literally derail trains and literally derail the entire country and shut everything hmm. down mm-hmm. but that two inches comes maybe once every two or three years so why invest in something that is so rare especially a, a government that's around for five years why are they going to invest in something that will only affect them maybe once or twice um yeah, it's yeah. Just accept that it's going to be shut down, and funnily enough, we're getting quite used to things shutting down on a regular basis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Serial. But they even closed like theaters and all kinds of stuff, which they normally don't do. So it was bad enough to where they just closed everything. So I think this time, like, but if it's just a couple inches, like Ian's saying, they probably do let the schools out. But that's not a scenario where you're going to get out of work. So then you can you got to figure out, you know, yeah. Where, what are you going to do you with get your the kids? Worst ends of both situations. Listen, don't you? I mean, it's one of, sometimes it just takes a couple inches to do the trick. You know, I mean, no, to, to have a kid. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cereal. I can just tell you, as a parent that was with their daughter every single day for about eleven months, I was very happy for her to go back to school. And <laughs> but kids. not as happy as she was to get away from me. <laughs> I will just say, if the pandemic happens 15 years ago, I don't know that my wife and I survive. Like, I don't know with oh, really? four kids. <laughs> Talk about no internet. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant no internet, not just the fact that there were kids. Well, no, but like, think about like, if this happened around. like in the 80s. Like, what, how would people have even? I mean, I guess there was actually. Ian, do you not think there was internet, internet 15 years ago? You know, there was internet 15 years Wait, ago, well, right? <laughs> Serial. We didn't have iPhones. Yeah. We didn't have apps. I definitely had dial up in 2006. Yeah. The internet yeah. We had dial up until like 2005. I th- well, we had plenty of VeggieTale videos. That's all we needed. Just throw in the VeggieTale videos. Everybody's going to be okay. <laughs> Serial. 15 years ago, we would have had three, five, seven, and nine uh, that we'd have been Yikes. keeping home all day. So, yeah. With only MySpace to keep them entertained. <laughs> yes. Serial. But yeah, I don't know how people that just had like a one bedroom apartment survived. Like, 
you know, I, I that that would be rough, especially if you had a kid or something. Because like at least we had a house, we have a big enough house to where we can go to three separate areas if we need to. Yeah, right. So well, that is the yeah, other thing. Fifteen it, years ago, we were living in a seven hundred square yeah. foot home uh, with you know two two bedrooms and one bathroom. So yeah. one of only one of you would have survived. I don't know who it would have been. <laughs> Probably the baby. Cereal. I know what baby tastes like. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, do you not get that reference? Ian needs have the reference. Snow piercer? Oh, you haven't seen Snowpiercer? Snowpiercer? Oh, I've seen Snowpiercer. Yeah, once, Chris Evans so. says that. Chris yeah. Evans. He's like, oh, fair enough. The worst Which thing is, I, I know what baby tastes like. <laughs> and I know that they taste the best. And then I was kind of surprised at how many people were laughing at that. I was like, no, that is kind of uh, funny now that I think about yeah. it. What the shit? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that was a movie that was way too overhyped for me. Like, I liked it, but, like, it took a second viewing for it to really set in because... I really like Snowpiercer. When I watched it the first time, though, everyone had just said it was amazing. So I was just like, uh, it was fine. I mean, it's really well done. It's like Scream is getting all these early advanced words that it's really good, but it's like, I that always, like, deter... That always, like, worries me because it's like... I mean, is there a, an advanced review that wouldn't worry you, Jonathan? Like, if it's no. negative, would that would that set you up for no, success? No, but if it was like kind of like if it was like fifty fifty, I mean, you know, so if it straight was like, down the middle, and then you're I just like, think, you can go I into think, that level. I think you have to even like people that have been doing it for years. I think there is something about seeing something before everybody else. I think there I is agree. an excitement level there. I agree. That oh yeah, for sure. So it I understand exclusive. that that's going to elevate it a little bit, or possibly mm-hmm. do the opposite. You know. That's fair. So, it may polarize your opinion one way or the other. But I just, so especially with horror movies and just like, I, I like horror movies, obviously. I'm a horror fan, but just listening to like talking to people that are also horror fans and like being involved in horror Twitter at all and stuff like that, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I just, I do find that there's a forgiveness given in a way that I mm-hmm. typically don't forgive movies for, I guess. So I just don't ever know what to, how to take it when people are like, oh, no, this definitely brings Sp- Scream back, and it's you know it's awesome, and I just, I don't know. It's like it's still it's still the fifth movie in a franchise. Serial. <laughs> but, you know, the fifth Mission Impossible movie is really good. So, I mean, I guess anything's, bo- you know, fifth Fast and Furious movie is good. Anything's possible. Yeah, many but, think the you know. fifth Star Trek movie is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 18 minutes. Took us 18 minutes to get to Star Trek. I just... <laughs> But I will say, just because it was so pan back then, that one's aged better. You're you're absolutely wrong. It's still a the only redeeming factor in that film. I didn't say it was good. I said it's aged better. I said it's better than. I disagree. No, I like it better now than I did in 1989. What I does guarantee God you. need with a spaceship? Hey, hey, let's go back to Bong Joon-ho. Uh, because... <laughs> no, I think the opening's good. <laughs> Snope- the opening is good with the rock climbing. Go climb a rock. That's good. Serial. Because I almost always forget that Snowpiercer is Bong Joon-ho. And he's just so good. And like, Is that um? Is he the one that did like Mother and... Parasite. Wait. Mother. Uh, no, not that mother. Not the mother with the exclamation <laughs> point. No. Oh, there's a different did he do? Mode. Did he do the host? He did. That's that might be my favorite parasite. Of 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 course is supposed to be everybody's favorite Bong Joon Ho, but the host is so so good. I've only seen it once. That was another one that was hyped up quite a bit, and I was like, it was okay. Serial. <laughs> so according to an article on on IndieWire, Bong Joon Ho's second or third favorite film is Pulp Fiction. 
um, which was directed by Tarantino. And there's still rumors that he's going to make a Star Trek film. That Tarantino is um, going to make a Star Trek film. That was I knew exactly yeah. where you were going. Like I saw your gears turning, Ian. Like I was like, he is he's he's playing six degrees of Star Trek, and he's going to get us back to Star Trek in two two moves. <laughs> Serial. I watched Topaz for the first time last night. Nice. What'd you think? Uh, I didn't really like it. But yeah, it's not that great. It, I mean, it, it was just it was really really slow. Like it is. I, it's very and, slow. And it also kind of lost me at times. Like I was a little confused, but it was, it's one of the like, it's one of a handful of like, I mean, I, there are some very early Hitchcock I haven't seen. Like I haven't seen Young and Innocent. I haven't seen right. Jamaica in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, those, are, those are in the silent era. Yeah. Well, I mean, those aren't silent films, but they're around that. They're in the, the mm-hmm. 30s. Yeah, they're so in the 30s. Yeah. Pre 1940, I've, I've seen Lady Vanishes. I've seen um, The Man Who Knew Too Much. And I feel like there's another, oh, uh, 39 Steps. Like, I've seen mm-hmm. those, you know, yeah. the big ones. But I haven't seen a lot. Of, but as far as the later stuff, I th- I haven't seen The Wrong Man. That's worth seeing. It's no, not, I, I mean, oh, it's... Oh, I, I will definitely watch it. I don't know. It's, it's just... It's the most non-Hitchcock Hitchcock yeah. movie, in my opinion. Other than maybe Trouble with Henry, but Trouble with Henry is also still very Trouble Hitchcock. Trouble with Harry. Harry, sorry, yeah, yeah. I think... I love that movie though. That's like yeah. one of my. I, oh god, so it's good. a straight but, uh, comedy, basically. But uh, I haven't seen The Wrong Man. I haven't seen The Paradigm Case, and I haven't and I hadn't seen Topaz. So I watched Topaz yesterday because it's on Criterion Channel. But no, oh, but nice. what I was trying to figure out was how old Tarantino is now, because that's a movie that Tarantino brings up when he talks about like why he doesn't want to direct for the rest of his life because he's like oh. I don't want to I don't want to make Topaz, and then he also talks mm-hmm. about Billy Wilder like I don't want to make the Buddy System. He's mm-hmm. like, I want my last film to be a good one, you know, and um, which I will I would argue that Hitchcock did make the two he made after Topaz Frenzy and Family Plot are good. They're not great. They're but okay. I think they're, both they're not good. great. Yeah. Yeah. But I I'm think they're you. I think they're I think they're good movies. Serial. Let's see. So Tarantino is 63. So what is that? That's uh, he's 60, almost 59. How old was Hitchcock when he made Topaz? That's what I'm trying to figure out. So Hitchcock oh, made Topaz in 68. Well, it came out in 69, but he would have been... Well, he was born in 1899. So, no, he That's would have I been thought. He would have been 60, right? No. he would No, he would have been 70. He would have just would turned have been, 70 in 69. So they are about 10 years different. So I guess that still does count, because I assume Tarantino... I mean, he hasn't announced anything, so I'm guessing it's going to be 2024 before we get his last film. Because he said from the beginning, I'm going to make this many movies, right? Yeah, he's going to make 10. He's not counting one of them, though. I don't think he's counting uh Is he counting Grindhouse. Kill Bill as one or two? That's Or maybe that's it. Maybe he's counting. Because I, I think he's done, if you if you count Grindhouse, which I can't, Death Proof. Because he's done, hold on. I think he's done 10 films if you count Death Proof. Which, I mean, you should, because he directed it. But it's yeah. also part of a movie, but it's also been kind of like separated into its own thing. So he's done. I can't think. Wait, wait, hold on. Ian, are you a big Hitchcock mm-hmm. fan? One, two, three. <clears throat> um, I can't be a Hitchcock fan because I don't think I've seen a single Hitchcock movie. <laughs> Yay, we found our thing, Jonathan. You and I can geek out about Hitchcock and Ian doesn't go. know anything about it. <laughs> You haven't seen Psycho or The Birds. You haven't seen any of those. No, it's really interesting. You'd think, have, you'd think I would have accidentally seen yeah, one, of, one them of yours at man. some point. Like I, yeah, I mean, I've seen what's some dumb films that I've seen. Many dumb films that I've seen, but nothing by Hitchcock. Star Trek like, one through. Get out! Get out! Get out! Serial. <laughs> I do this all the time. My friend David and I were talking the other day. I was like, I haven't seen Seven Samurai. 
but I've seen Jason takes Manhattan like 35 right, times. Right, right, yeah. You know? We've I mean, all got the, that. Everybody all has, has that. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen Halloween Season of the Witch three times, but I haven't watched the single <laughs> oh, I've seen Season like, of the Witch ow. way more than three times. I watch that every Halloween now. I watched it for the first time this year. I actually thought it's one of the better Halloween movies. It does some really weird stuff. You're wrong. Serial. <laughs> if that had been Halloween 2, I think it would have been a hit. I think because they did one more with Michael Myers in it, though, it pissed people off. Because the yeah. idea was that John Carpenter was going to turn it into an anthology series. So every Halloween, you'd have a new story. Mm-hmm. But I think them making Halloween 2 the way they made it fucked them. Because at that mm-hmm. point, you've had two movies with Michael Myers, and everybody's like, well, where's Michael Myers? And Yeah, uh, even if it's crappy, we're still waiting for him to slow walk towards us with a butcher's knife. You don't think Season of the Witch would be in the top half of Halloween movies? Oh, it absolutely is. No, without a question, but that's but that has more to do with the fact that Halloween sequels are terrible. That's what I'm half. saying. All the Halloween... Okay, top half. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, because you're yeah, talking about, that's... what, th- 12 films. It's going to be 13 yeah. next year, if you count the zombies, which you should. I mean, they're their own thing, but they... <laughs> I think Halloween 4 is the best sequel, hands down. That's my opinion. Hmm. But I still don't think it's great. Like, nothing tops the first one. Nothing even comes close to the first one, in my opinion. Yeah, no, not even close. uh, 2018 comes close, but um, it's it's still a different beast. My problem with 4 is that, A, the mask looks ridiculous. Yeah, but... But it does it on it's, the poster. That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's so strange. It's yeah. <laughs> so, so strange. And B, this is where he is supernatural. Like, he is machine gunned down. And, or is it a shotgun or something? He he takes such a beating at the end of that film that I'm just not... You can't be scared of him anymore because he's Predator. Yeah, that's true. Like, he's dead at the end I of that film. I think the thing I like about 4 is that I think Dwight... I think Dwight H. Little is a pretty good director. I think he's probably the best director of the series since, ex- with the exception of Carpenter, and uh, mm. or at least the best that got the series. And then uh, Daniel Harris is so good mm. as uh, the good little girl, which is weird because I don't know that she's that great of an actor based on what she's done since then, but she's really good <laughs> in that movie. Serial. So are you watching the Friday the 13th films too? No. Oh, I've, you I've, should be. Yeah, I thought about adding those. Those seem... See, with Halloween, Carpenter made a great first movie. Like the he Friday did. the Thirteenth movies feel more like schlock all the way through. They are a little they, no, 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 no. They are, but like, there's just something very interesting about that franchise. I don't know. I mean, they it's, certainly, it's, they certainly. I don't have, know how to explain it. No, no, no. They they certainly have uh, impacted culture in a big enough way that I probably should. But I will yeah. say, Part Six is really fascinating because that came out like in '86, I think. And what's fascinating about that is it's very meta. Um, which was not at that point really anything that had ever happened. Like this is ten years before Scream, and so that one's always kind of interested me. And in, for that, just because it's so just like on the nose, it knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just full blown goes into it. But no, you're definitely right. I mean, there's a lot of more. There's a little bit more schlockiness to the whole affair. Uh, I mean, because the first one was just made because of Halloween. Yeah, I feel the same way about the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, too. Like, I just, I don't have that urge to put them in my lexicon. Yeah, but Craven's a filmmaker. Like, Craven's yeah. a really good filmmaker. So I think the first one is worth watching. Yeah. That's the one that Depp's in? Uh, yes, it is, with all of the blood and whatnot. All yeah. of the blood. That really didn't help in a horror film, did it? <laughs> Serial. I don't know. There's something about, I like that it's just really cool. And maybe this was part of being a kid when they came out. But there's just something so interesting about your dreams coming to life and... Mm-hmm. And there's some great visuals in. There's, yeah, um, there's some really interesting uh, practical Street. practical effects that 
work yeah. that is pretty fascinating stuff like they wouldn't do that now it'd all be cg now which might be yeah. better i don't know but i'm still curious i think i think england could do one more but it it's got to be soon cereal <laughs> 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 i think a, a a you know nightmare on downing street would be would be nice and in- <laughs> you wouldn't have anybody coming to the rescue though if you like let them burn <laughs> I just, you know, if if England can do the next one, then uh, then that's that's what I would vote. Uh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Serial. Oh, hello, and welcome to Behind Behind the Sins. Uh, this morning we are taking place at eight thirty a.m. Pacific time, and uh, happy that you all were. Serial. <laughs> Listen, when there's something you'll never live down, you just accept it and make it part of your own. That's no, just that's, that's how you deal with things. Yeah. Uh, great to see you all in the chat. Uh, Nick and Apathy, 8417, um, RB Golbats, Oversoul, uh, nice good group. JCD hanging out in there as well. Lots of cinnamon roll conversation. Derek saying, wow, made it just in time. Congratulations, uh, making it on time. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anything, you're two hours early. <laughs> Cereal. No, Ian, Ian <laughs> see, I already, I already made the joke. It's just... Just completely, you know. Yeah, but acknowledging the joke doesn't excuse you from it. <laughs> no, no, no excuse it's, at it's all. Like, it's just it's like making a film the thing. J- that's weird. But yeah, it is. Why did you do it? Making the joke myself means when you make the joke thirty seconds later, it just it's just you know falls nah. a little bit flat. You know, it's just not quite as much. We'll see how the editing makes it look. <laughs> I think that's I'm going to come off very well. I think you might. I think you might. <laughs> Serial. What are your like? What are your time zones, Ian? Is that different? Like I, just the one. I, it's just us in England. Yeah. It's Greenwich just England, time. the England time zone. Um, uh, I mean, we're arrogant enough to call it that, but no, it is It is just GMT. And then GMT. we share that with like Scotland and Ireland and Wales and stuff. And then it gets squiffy when you go to Italy and Spain. I think they're an hour ahead or behind, something like that. Mm. Yeah. When does you get it, to the mainland, it- then it starts to change. Is there anything like something? This this will show my lack of geography knowledge. But does because um, it's Africa that's below Europe, right? Like, so does it show any of? Yeah, way below. Yeah. Does it? Does any of that cross over with any of Africa? Does GMT kind of extend uh, down that I way? I can't answer that. But okay. I know it's about right. being horizontal rather than vertical, isn't it? With time zones. No. 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 Is it's not? definitely vertical. Yeah. No, it's vertical. It's vertical, not horizontal. Correct. Yeah. 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 That's the way around. Yeah. 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 You're, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> I write dumb things about movies. I don't do geography. Serial. <laughs> uh, England is basically the Jesus of time zones. You know, like, you know, yeah, we, we, we base the years or, uh, around the, the birth of Christ and we base the, base the time zones around England. Mm-hmm. So there you and go. Everyone stabs us in the back and buries us in a cave for three days. <laughs> yes. Wait, when did that happen? <laughs> Serial time zones. I hate them. I want them all to go away. Just let's just you know, let's just all go with the same thing, and we'll know what it means to us. Yep. As long as I keep mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Serial. I'm really impressed. We have covered a lot of ground during the outtakes. We jumped uh, around. Serial. <laughs> all right. Love you guys. Cool. Bye. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> We've killed Ian. We've killed Ian. Cereal. Rubber ducky, you're the one. You make bath time lots of fun. Rubber ducky, I'm awfully fond of you. Boop boop be doop. <laughs> Anal. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park